Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. of the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend, Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well. I went with uh, my blue light glasses for this show. Not that anyone could see it as we are recording. It's just a podcast with a live show. But uh, yeah, we decided to rock these. I've been staring at a lot of Google Docs and staring at you. And blue light glasses, they might be a placebo. I don't know. I'm not advertising. I'm not sponsored by any particular brand. But I have... I like them. I, I really do like them, but I'm rocking them for this show because I realized when I look at these bright lights afterwards, I'm like, I have like a headache and everything. But maybe that's just because we talk about restricted free agent potential signings and like some random stats that we throw out there. A Rock Hill facility reference yesterday. So maybe that's why I end the shows with a little bit of a strain. <laughs> I've got a t-shirt and a hat on today because we're on day 404. So or yeah. day 405. We're maybe deep in the week that. podcasting wise. I'm wearing an Atlanta Legends starter sweatshirt right now. Yeah, we're, we're both killing yeah. it right now. But that, <laughs> we're, we're deep into this week. So I think we're both feeling it a little bit. But there's just so much <laughs> stuff to get into. Yeah. You know, yesterday we talked about the veteran trade candidates. We spent so much time talking about the Daniel Jones news, the Lamar Jackson news, everything happening on the quarterback front. And we still haven't really gotten into kind of the top free agents available in this class or kind of the meat of the free agent class that's going to kick off on Monday. So we're going to do a little bit of that today. We're going to do our favorite fits for the top-ish free agents. You know, we're not going to go through the top 20 guys, but just... Members of that group, certainly in the top 50, guys you're going to see on virtually every free agent list, maybe with a couple hipster weirdo throwings thrown in there. But for the most part, these are the guys who are going to be some of the best players available when free agency kicks off next week, which officially opens on Wednesday. Unofficially, the tampering period starts on Monday. Just a quick reminder that we're going to have live recap shows every day next week as free agency starts to unfold. Me and you will be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And Mike Sando and Randy Mueller will be coming to you guys on Friday because I'm taking the day off. The closers. But, yes, that's Bring, right. Bringing in the heat. They're, they're, they're coming in while I'm going to be at some New Orleans <laughs> sports bar watching the tournament with my friends. So Love it. really appreciate them kind of coming in and cleaning up for us. But we're going to dig into some of the big names today. Run through, I don't know, a dozen, 15 of these. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. So yes. I want to kick it off with one of the best free agents available in this class and a fit for him that I think makes a lot of sense on multiple different levels. And that's Javon Hargrave from Philadelphia, 30 years old, hitting free agency again after yeah. cashing in. Rarely do you see this, where a guy plays out his entire deal and is up there in the top five of his respective free agent class the second time around trying to get and cash in on his third deal. But that's exactly what Javon Hargrave is trying to do. And my fit for him was Chicago. I think he's going to be expensive 
I think that he's probably going to make upwards of 18 to $19 million a year, even at age 30. He still is one of the most devastating interior rushers in the NFL. Yes, he, he has been over the last couple years. Um, interior pass pressure and interior pressure in general disruption is, I think, as valuable as it's ever been. So the gap has closed between those guys and the edge guys. I think he's the sort of talent that isn't always available in free agency and is because of the circumstances in Philly. And the Bears have a need at this position, and they tried to do this last year. The first yeah. go-around with Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, they tried to sign Larry Ogunjobi to be that dominant, disruptive three technique in that defense that Matt Eberflus runs, and they didn't get him. There was a physical issue. They didn't end up signing him. So clearly they've shown a need and a desire for a player at this position, Hargrave would give them a difference maker in the middle of their defense, even if he's going to be a little bit expensive. Yeah, and literally the same defensive system that he would just be coming from, even though uh, from Jonathan Gannon going with Eberflus. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, Eberflus isn't calling plays, but same type of scheme and same usage that he would have. So it's very easy to translate what he's done in Philadelphia. And that's what's actually really nice about Hargrave. Like even when he was in Philly, when he was in Pittsburgh, Different, totally different kind of fronts and everything yep. he was using. He was still productive, just in a different way. And that's kind of speaks to Hargrave. No matter what he's going to be useful, just plays plays a good amount of snaps. He's held up. Uh, I get it. I get why people are going to pay him. He's a fun player. It's kind of been everyone's kind of like a little, little fun guy that everyone liked. And then this year, he got a lot of praise deservedly. It finally kind of caught up the national recognition. And you don't see a lot of guys outperformed their second contract and he easily did and so that's why he's about to get paid on the third one i love the fit and i love it uh i love the player and yeah i mean he's gonna get paid a lot of money but the bears have a lot of money to pay and this is kind of a building block and uh seems like by all accounts a hard-working professional these are the type of guys that you want when you pay a guy is like make sure that they still come in and work their asses off which obviously this guy did when he produced on a second contract so totally makes sense uh where i think uh uh, uh for the fit and the player Paying for pass rush productivity in free agency, it works out. You know, you talk about the Millsap doctrine. No need to do that here. You don't need to project nope. <laughs> a larger role for him. But if you're paying for pressures, uh, I think that that has worked out for teams in the last few years. Looking yep. at the list right now, he was third in the NFL last season in pressures, according to PFF, among interior players. Only guys higher than him were Chris Jones and Dexter Lawrence. It's not purely a volume thing either. He didn't get as many snaps as some of these other guys, only 486 snaps last year on a per snap basis was the third most productive pass rusher on the interior in the league this year after Chris Jones and Quinnen Williams. Go back last couple of years. Those are all old pros you're naming. All, <laughs> that's, all pros. That, that's how good okay. he is. Go back two years, 2021, fourth in PFF's pass rush productivity yep. among interior players, sixth in pressures. Go back even to 2020, and he's 10th. In pass rush productivity, and with th- and he had 37 pressures that season, but d- played far, far fewer snaps. So this yeah. is a guy who's been in the top 10 among interior rushers in each of the last three seasons. It was in the top five in any category you'd want to see for pass rush numbers at that spot. And that's what you need. I mean, mm-hmm. getting a guy who can affect the game in that way from that position, there aren't that many of them who can do it at that level. And I know you're going to have to pay up to get him, but I think I'd be okay with it, honestly. And he's missed I, just off... Top of my head, he's missed three games in his entire career. So 
that's again reliability and that's what you're paying for because there's nothing worse than you pay a guy and then he only plays half your snaps for the season so no this this makes sense i really like this one like i said really like the player he's produced in different types of schemes been asked to do different things especially up front it makes sense for where the bears where it's like okay we have this guy we know we can count on him let's start plopping things around him drafting guys and finding maybe more middle tier guys as well so these are the guys you do pay because the productivity has been there consistently other guys that Chicago, I think, might consider while we're talking about top guys, Mike McGlinchey might make sense yeah. there. They need a right tackle. <laughs> Insert Lyman here. Like. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. I, Mike McGlinchey makes sense because if they're going to have that kind of run heavy style to the way that they still want to play and they're running the ball a lot, you know, does Jawan Taylor make sense? Is McGlinchey kind of the nice middle ground between Caleb McGarry and Jawan Taylor at that spot? You know, Chris Morgan is a Shanahan guy. Mm-hmm. So I think there's not a lot of imagination necessary for what they'd ask him to do. You know, Chris Morgan worked under Kyle Shanahan in the past, who's the Bears offensive line coach. I think just my guess is McGarry ends up back in Atlanta because if McGlinchey and Jawan Taylor both have pretty robust markets and there isn't one for McGarry. I do think he has value to them. I just don't Mm -hmm. think they want to overpay for the type of player that he is. So that one wouldn't surprise me. And then I think, like you said, offensive line wise, they could go a bunch of different directions. They have so much money and so many holes that like all the guys we're going to mention, it feels like on this show, they, he, they could end up in Chicago. So like, Dalton Reisner, Nate Davis, Ethan Pochich, mm-hmm. like all these guys, do they kind of remake their offensive line with some capable starters with that all the free agent money that they have and all the cap space that they have? I wouldn't be surprised if they signed multiple starters at that spot. Yeah, and I would love we we talked about on the Bears show that uh, I think going through the interior and finding a center if they want to go to the veteran center take a mental load off Justin Fields and you know there's a couple guys out there Pochich you mentioned was I think is a great candidate you can kind of he had a great year last year under Bill Callahan. Of course, they have a good offensive line. Just the system works, but he looked fantastic in what they did. That's more of a pin-pull, gap-more-heavy scheme as opposed to what I think the Bears want to run, Chris Morgan being a Shanahan guy zone. But the Bears turned into a run-everything type of scheme because they just had to figure out some way to make it work. And another guy like Garrett Bradbury, like too, with the Bears. like that That's another one. Like They have some familiarity from the division. Um, he's also a zone kind of athletic guy. He's kind of been up and down throughout his career, but that's a guy that you maybe his market might not be fan, like ridiculous and that it could make sense for, again, they just need competency and that's what you pay for in that position. But all these guys make sense. The McGlinchey one, I think there's a lot that aligns there as far as just type of player and what they want to run. Along with Javon Hargrave, another guy in the interior that's probably going to get paid this off season is Draymond Jones from the Broncos. Yes. Where did best fits for him what makes sense for you with Draymond Jones I mean for play style wise I almost want him with the 49ers uh just because I think I don't think they'll break the bank on it and I think they have to figure out where they're going to divvy up their money as guys are getting paid we talked about Eric Armstead as maybe you know a trade candidate or something they might move him we don't know just just throwing out theories but Draymond Jones with the 49ers would just be a lot of fun disruptive player can kick out to the five tech move inside when he needs to, which is a on a defensive front that you know loves that type of stuff, especially on pass downs. Just like an aggressive player and an aggressive style. So that's more of like a to me, a schematic fit where I'd really want to see that. Um but you know there's others and I, I think you have one on your mind. Uh but I really I think that's the one that pops to my mind. I really like Draymond Jones. I think he is one guy he is going to get paid because he is one of the top guys on the market at his position he has a small chance that he can live up to whatever contract that he gets paid to. And that matters. 
um, where you might he outperforms that or plays up to it. I really do think that. I think his uh, his game is just only getting better as he becomes more of a consistent player. But he's a very disruptive, exciting type of defensive player. He just has to be more consistent. He's only 26 years old. Exactly. I mean, these are the types of guys that uh, have we not even seen the best of him yet. What can he be in the right situations? You talk about that. Some of those underlying pass rush numbers. He finished tied for 11th in pass rush productivity this season. He had 45 pressures this year, which was tied for 11th among all interior defensive players. So he had a decent amount of production. And again, only 26 years old. And he did that in only 13 games. Yes. The spot I had that I thought would be fun was Carolina. Uh, Jero Evero's there now. They came into the last couple of weeks without a lot of financial wiggle room. They restructured Taylor Moten's contract to open up about $11 million in cap space. They still got moves to make if they want to. Mm-hmm. Shaq Thompson has a $25 million cap hit this season. I, I just have a hard time imagining he'll play on that, even if he's on the Panthers. They save about $11 million if they move on from him. And DJ Moore has a $20 million base salary. Like If they want to restructure right. DJ Moore's contract, they could free up with that, Pat Elfline easily talking about $35 million or so in cap space, and they could potentially drop a rookie quarterback contract into that. Even if you have to go out and get a stopgap, what's Jacoby Brissett going to cost you against the cap? Shoot, just low teens. Let's let's say you do the Jameis contract from last year, whatever. So it's like yeah. the average is out at 15, but you yeah. can keep his cap hit in year one at seven, eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to spend a ton on quarterback even if they piece that room together. So it feels like even with $32 million in dead money, which is what they currently have, it's just brutal, (laughs) that they do have a decent amount of financial wiggle room. And Matt Ioannidis is also hitting the market. So they don't have a ton of interior defensive line depth. So I thought that one was pretty fun because he did it. It played very well last year in Evero's defense for that Broncos team. It was a lot better than we expected. And I'm glad you brought up the underlying numbers. And what I think why I like Draymond Jones is I do think he's a scheme proof type player. Like no matter what, he's useful. And that's why it's kind of cool. We can talk about, yeah, the translation from what Denver did last year and now going to be in Carolina or going to the 49ers, Banshee, four down front, you know, like where he can move around depending on how they need him. So like that, that's why I think he's a really interesting player. And I, like I said, I think he already has had cool production and underlying numbers, but I think he's only going to get better on top of it. So, I think he fits anywhere, if that makes sense. And that's why it's hard for me to find one with him. But it's more like these two would be really interesting because it'd be a nice, let's boost like a strength of our team even more because with the guy that's on the upswing. All right. What's your next one? Well, let's stick with a, a fit with the Bears. And this is one I brought up last year. That's DJ Chark to the Bears. I think this is a fun flyer to take. No pun intended, because he can roll. Um, I, I, he's battled some injuries, and I get that, but he has been productive when he has been healthy. Um, that's why I think you're not going to be breaking the bank for him, or you shouldn't. If I think his price is outrageous, then I wouldn't. But if you can get him on a short deal, a two-year-ish type deal, um, even something like the Lions did last year, it was like a one-year deal, and they uh, had a lot of void years afterwards. So, But something like where it's short, where you're getting another useful player. I don't think DJ Chark, obviously, is not like a Pro Bowl, amazing player, but I do think he can be a valuable top three option in a good passing attack. And that's what you're paying for. He's a true X in a league that those are valuable. He can play outside for you. He's a ball winner. He can go vertical. These are all things I think the Bears need. And it also matches with their quarterback that loves to push the ball and give his guys a chance. That's why I liked him last year with the Bears. That obviously, he went to the Lions. But I think this is a, an interesting fit. 
And it's funny talking about DJ Chark as one of these names, but that's where the, this is where this receiving class is at. He's like the number two or number three name in this class right now. But uh, so yeah, gotta find out what his contract is. Of course, you know, of course you have money, but you don't still want to just spend it just to spend it. But I do like the fit. I like the player. If you can get a good amount of games out of him, I think he can be a really valuable piece for that receiving room. We talked about it yesterday. I, I want them to be more ambitious with whatever that third receiving spot looks like. Right. I, I right. think they do obviously need one more at least, and yes. they need that type of skill set. But it's it's more exciting to me to think about DeAndre Hopkins than it is by DJ Chark. I can't throw every single $20 million a year player that's available this offseason onto the Bears as much as I want to. It's just uh, you have options and options are great. <laughs> that's that's what it is. And I, I love because it's like even like team needs. I was trying to you know go through this process. All right, who needs what? Who needs what? The Bears, it's everything. everything. So it's just hey, like everything. what are the top guys? Yeah, everything. So you could just throw it out there and it, it makes sense. There's a lot of fit for that. But I do like this pairing. But I get what you mean there. Yeah, being a little bit more ambitious for that spot, especially what that role is. So you have DJ Richard coming from the Lions. You also wanted to put someone on the Lions. Who's I your do. next one? That is Byron Murphy from uh, who was with the Cardinals uh, in his first in his first few years in the league. The Lions have space. They have a huge need for corner. Um, Byron Murphy is going to get paid. I do think that he's twenty five years old. It makes sense for the timeline that the Lions are on. I think his strength and why you would pay a guy like Byron Murphy. Is he now has proof that he can play inside and outside? I think he's actually maybe a little better on the outside, but still can play on the inside. He's a physical presence. Uh, he can tackle. Uh, he can tackle. He's willing to tackle. Everybody can tackle. He's willing to tackle and bring the wood. There's a clip I've I've I found that I tweeted out right against the Eagles where he's just knocking out Quez Watkins. Um, he's had experience playing in the man and zone coverage and blitz heavy schemes. So what the Lions kind of reconfigured their defense throughout the year ended up being more man coverage. I know we talked about this, but I think that's what's nice about Byron Murphy is I can see him in any type of system. Uh, being a physical player makes sense for what the Lions want to do and that versatility matters. And I think, you know, the contract that I would offer him is basically what Carlton Davis got last year, like a three year, 45 million total. You know, so thirty million guaranteed, but you know, it's 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 crazy. You know, that fourteen million dollar range. I yeah, know that sounds there's like crazy. A lot of, like useful corners getting paid that. Like DJ Reed's contract was right in yes, that same that's range. A good one. Like those yep. sorts of guys. And that's the thing. I'm not saying this guy you're paying him to be your ace, but in a rebuilding, and I think they might draft a guy. That's really how you replenish a room. Pay a guy, get another middle tier guy, and then draft a guy high. That's how you replenish a weakness. And I think that's he's exactly just exactly what the Jets did last year. Right. Just yeah, exactly what the Jets did last Sauce, year. DJ, Jordan <laughs> yeah, Whitehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah boom, yeah. done. But that's exactly same same game plan in my head to how I think I would rebuild that room. And that's uh, you know a glaring weakness. But I think his versatility is so important because then whatever else you draft, he can kind of move where you need him. And I think that has so much value when you're paying a guy. Again, comparing offensive line and defensive defensive backs, that matters so much. We talk about off- Joe Tooney. He can play across the line. So when other guys get hurt, he can plop in there. Same type of thing with Byron Murphy. I want to talk about some of the other bigger name corners a little bit later on because I have a corner fit that I like. But I also sent a defensive back to the Lions. It's kind of similar thinking, but a lot of it being mindset driven. CJ Gardner Johnson going to Detroit, I think would be so fun. Because they play a decent amount of man. If they have a need in the slot, they have a needed safety. He's versatile. You could put him in a couple different spots. And he just, I don't know, he just fits with what they want to be. And yeah. I we talked about this yesterday when we were talking about potential trade candidates for them with Jalen Ramsey and what the splash for them is going to be defensively. It might not be one player. They mm-hmm. might piece it together, like you've mentioned. If it's 
we got $25 million in free agent money to spend on defense, and we use it on three different guys because we're three, filling three different holes. I just want to see where those excess resources are going to go for them on defense, and he feels like the type of player that checks boxes. It can yeah. play multiple different positions, gives them like a real identity and a physicality on the back end that they just don't really have right now. Yeah. Or God, now we're talking about DBs and with the Lions too. And they, they need linebackers as well. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez played well for him, but th- this was not planned. And I never threw this to you at the pre-show, but uh, maybe take a one-year deal with Levante David. Like that, that would really help kind of like tie the room together <laughs> like he really would and really kind of solidify a lot whatever splashes they want to add Levante David is still a productive player still a plus player but I don't know that one's as you were talking that just made me kind of think of like other weaknesses they have on that defense so what I was thinking with Levante David is possibly the Raiders they have yeah, a ton no, of money and they they have a huge need there and just he'd be a stabilizing force you know, I, I think that's the, the biggest argument in favor of him compared to some of the other guys who might be a little bit cheaper but I, I there, there's so many guys even in a division if the Raiders just want a stopgap option there, Alex Singleton is a free agent. Drew yeah. Tranquil is somebody I want to talk about to another team. If you're the Lions, and again, you're just looking for a capable starter, is Leighton Vander Esch on a one-year deal? Does that make sense for you? TJ mm-hmm. Edwards is a free agent. So I think it's just depending on how much you want to spend at that spot if you want to find right. a stopgap starter. Do you want to shop at the high end of the market? Or do you want to try to find a guy who's available for one year and $4 million? I think that's the question that a lot of these teams are going to have to ask. And so I might as well do my next one here because shopping in that same kind of range, I love – and this is a little bit further down pretty much any list. I love Drew Twinkle going to the Giants. This was – I love this. That was – this is – hey, I'll compliment here. This is inspired. This really is. I really like this fit. I mean, you think about all the pressure that yep. the Chargers brought last year. And again, going back they, and looking at They ran at, him back as a post-safety from the line of scrimmage. <laughs> I, I just thought he was really good as a blitzer last season. Yep. And so if you just, again, you look at rate stats last year. On a per-snap basis, here are the off-ball linebackers who got more consistent pressure when blitzing last season than Drew Tranquil. Alandon Roberts, Christian Kirksey, David Long, Demario Davis. That's it. He was fifth. He finished with 13 pressures on 63 pass rush snaps. And I believe he had five sacks. That's so he, I thought he looked really good as a blitzer. And I just think they need a capable body there after what they trotted out last year. I know they re-signed Jared Davis, uh, what I assume is a pretty modest contract. But just one more person who can be a functional player in that spot. And I think that's exactly what he would give them. I love it. Uh, Wink last year, especially Wink Martindale with their linebackers, was just trying to Anybody can play. <laughs> you know, can you do this? Like, so they signed Jared Davis in week sixteen, and he was their starter in the playoffs. <laughs> it's so great. I love it. I love end of season rosters, by the way, because it's so funny. Going like, especially like in a month or two from now, when I kind of start reviewing film again, NFL film after I dive into college, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that game happened. Oh yeah, this guy was playing here. Oh yeah. Deshaun Jackson's with the Ravens, you know, that you have those <laughs> remembrance as you look at these players. But I really like that fit uh, just because of play style. There's nothing. He's already shown it as being a smart blitzer. He was one of their best defenders last year. He I was. Mean, I really liked up. watching him in the back half of last season. Agreed. Yeah. Once the Chargers really figured out their defense, especially passing down. So it was really fun. And he was a part of that. His versatility and his skill set. That's why a lot of it got unlocked because they used him well and he allowed them to use it. 
I if they want to go a little bit more expensive, or I don't know how much more expensive, but I think kind of similar thinking. I think David Long to the Giants is also fun. Love it. <laughs> I love it. David Long anywhere would be fun. Yeah, but these teams like that. that have like a real glaring need at linebacker. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. the, the Lions are another one. Like where Lions he lands one. with one of these teams that has a hole there, I'll, I'll be curious. All right, yep. what's your next one? Oh, my next one. I don't even know which one I want to go with. I'm going to go with I, – I, this is – I couldn't narrow it down which team I wanted, so I just went with AFC West uh, contender. <laughs> so to me, that's the Chargers and the Chiefs. I'm sorry, Broncos or Raiders fans, but that's who I'm talking about. Chiefs and Chargers here. And I'm going with David Onimata. Onimata? Onimata. Onimata, I think. Onimata. Um, I really, really useful player. Plays the run. Plays the pass. He's been productive. Uh, he's 30 years old. So to me, that's a perfect kind of quasi gun for hire, uh, especially for these two teams. Their, you know, their windows are open. Uh, uh, I think like a two year kind of deal, two year 20 mil type of deal. Why the Chiefs would want him? Pair him with Chris Jones. Oh my goodness. I would love those two just ass kicking in the middle. Uh, really helps solidify a defense that really was improving the second half of the year. And again, he has a decent health record. He's been good against the run and pass. I like that. And then for the Chargers, of course, they need they need to build through the spine so badly. We all know that. We knew it last year. He would give them interior help. He's He can kind of just do it all, and I like those type of players for signing, especially for contenders like this. Just kind of a nice kind of timeline matching uh, for him, and those are the two teams that came to mind for me that I think he would really help them out, and it matches their timeline. There are a lot of interesting kind of middle-range interior pass rushers in this group. Anyamata is in there. Sheldon Rankins was a really good player for the Jets last season. Can you get him on a modest deal? Matt Ioannidis, again, we talked about, was a cap casualty for the Panthers, but he's still a useful always player. Been useful. Always I thought that Morgan useful. Fox had a really nice bounce back year. Another always last been year well, for yeah, the yeah, Chargers. Was, yeah, nope. And then a guy who this seems like a perfect by low candidate. Very different players than the guys we just talked about. Is not going to give you as much juice as a pass rusher, nearly as much. But I thought was a huge part of a championship-winning roster in 2021, and then was hurt last season. What can you get Ashawn Robinson for? <laughs> right. I mean, if remember you can, him? <laughs> I would, like you can get him on a one-year flyer because he was hurt last year. Just as a again a stabilizing force for your run defense, he played really, really well he in did. 2021, and he's still only 28 years old. Yeah. So he really that, helped them. He really helped them out. Like when they that that was the thing they were getting gash on the ground. Of course, Von Miller helped, but no, he he had a big part of it where no one could get to the edge because of him because they just have like just beating beating dudes up out there. It's tough with these types of players because we were talking about this in the pre-show. There's a, a couple of positions we're going to talk about where it's kind of easy to have identify the teams. Like yeah. you have this guy, a left tackle just plays. Yeah, you don't have to worry about him rotating in. Nope. But with these, with the defensive linemen, edge rushers, interior guys, especially that are kind of rotational pieces, any team could probably use more juice at these spots. So right. landing on where the best fits are is a little bit tougher, especially at those spots. I will say, talking about interior defensive linemen and run stuffing interior defensive linemen, one of my favorites is Dalvin Tomlinson going to the Browns. Just Love it. I mean, a lot. Just make him your nose and then a four man front. And just let him eat blocks yeah. because their run defense and their interior play in general over the last couple of years has just been so bad. And the Browns have no cap space right now, but if they, which I assume they will restructure to Sean Watson's contract, they can free up a ton. And I think that that spot it, to me is the most glaring where they need help. I know it's, it seems like there's like 
five of the same dude like the Tom would say and the Jonathan Hankins would be another one like just one of those guys just that becomes the question with Tomlinson would do you want to spend at the top of, of that group or, or do you want to try class. to would you rather have a Sean Robinson yeah. for what is likely going to be a cheaper deal spoiler yeah. alert that's the deal the show we're doing Friday for Monday we're doing the Kirkland brand guys of the best of some of the top free agents in this class. So a lot of the big name guys that we're not going to hit today, hopefully we're going to hit on yeah. that show for Monday. So when some before discussion. you guys say, why didn't you talk about so and so? Like that's that's the reason. We're gonna, we're you. hopefully going. Thank to you talk actually about for that. throwing this out here, so I don't get like three tweets where people are like, why didn't you talk about that guy? But also reminding us that maybe we talk about him too. <laughs> Dalton Schultz, Jesse Bates, Marcus Davenport, Tremaine yeah. Edmonds, all guys we are going to talk about on Monday's show. We'll so, cover it. Don't Got you. Don't, worry. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can I talk about another defensive lineman? Let's do it. Fit I actually like. I actually threw this out there kind of late in our pre-show, and I actually now have talked myself more into it. It's Zach Allen to the Seahawks. Uh, this is a team that desperately needs front seven help, especially up front. The front four or front five, however you want to put it, front three. I really like Allen a lot. He had a great he had a breakout year last year and truly was one of the most improved players in the NFL. Um can play across the line, which is really nice. Can play five, four eye, three tech, depending on how they want to use them. This is a, last year; they kind of had some varied fronts, and that's really useful. Really productive. Um, he was tied for second in the whole NFL and uh, TFLs and run stuffs rate. You know, per snap, he was tied for second, uh, which is ridiculous. I think only behind Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver is first per snap, which is kind of funny because he's such a boomer bust player. Allen has a little bit more. Down to down productivity. He's just a, a useful player, really. Yes, he had about half a dozen, uh, half half a dozen sacks. I think he had five and a half. He had eight PBUs. Maybe he just watched JJ Watt put his hands up, and he was like, "I can do that." Like <laughs> maybe he got a little translated there. Um, but I just think he's a useful player. I think they have space for him. Uh, I think he's going to pay a decent contract, and I think he's another player that's ascending. I really like this fit. They have some familiarity again playing against him in the division, so maybe not a coach. But they have that where they played against him. Like, hey, we like that guy. So, Zach Allen to the Seahawks, one of those that I threw out here at first that the more I've thought about it, the more I like. Shelby Harris is going to be 32 when the season starts. Zach Allen is 25 right now. Al right. Woods also you know, getting a little bit older. They play different positions. But just like the interior players up front for right. Seattle. And then Puna Ford is hitting free agency. So, they need to remake that group up front, Completely. I think, from end to end. Yes. So some of that you could probably do with the higher end draft picks that they have, but supplementing that in free agency with some of the flexibility that they have, uh, I think wouldn't be a surprise at all. No, that's exactly it. I, end to end worked like perfectly there. 
Like that, that it's like, <laughs> it's a good, end. good, good. Yeah. Edge to edge. edge to edge. <laughs> yeah. Right. Outside linebacker to outside linebacker. The, uh, no, but that, that's exactly it. And that's why again, and uh, it's pulled the string and I'm repeating myself here. But again, when you have a guy that can play across positions, uh, in one unit. So we talked about, um, you know, DB wise and Murphy playing inside and outside. Gardner Johnson playing safety and nickel. Same thing here is that because he can play three spots as a plus player, that just helps you plop everything else in where you can find the guys that make sense for everyone else. That really matters, especially when you're splashing the bank. You don't want to pay a bunch of money for a guy. Offensive lineman can be left tackles, left tackle. Like you said, that's just one spot. That's where you kind of get screwed. Cause then like it, Oh, we paid this guy to be our slot only. We paid this guy to be our outside guy only we paid this guy to be right guard only. Uh, that kind of gets a little dicey when you're trying to really fill it out. Cause you're paying these guys for a reason. Cause you have a hole there. You want some versatility with these guys. All right. Let's stick near the top of the list here. I have James Bradbury going to the Raiders. Any defensive player there makes sense. <laughs> I think it makes sense on a couple different levels. One, they have a ton of cap space. They yep. have no starting corners. Rocky Sin is one of those interesting guys. There's a lot of interesting corners. We can talk about some of them in a second. The, but Real quick, this whole free agency class is a bunch of interesting dudes. Like It's not top-heavy. Of course not. It's free agency. But there's a lot of useful, useful players in this class. I really do think that. The contenders should be really happy with so this free agency class. I want to talk about the, the, the corner group in a second. But I think yeah. James Bradbury rightfully is up near the top of that group along with probably Jamel Dean. Bradbury, they have a, they have a need there. I think that they could use kind of a veteran presence on the back end of that defense. And he played for Patrick Graham two years ago. I mean, he was with the Giants when Patrick Graham was there. So there's that familiarity. You know, He had a fantastic season last year. We've talked about him. If you're paying him to be your number one corner and you're paying like number one corner money, it might be a little bit rich, but that's what happens in free agency. And that's what happens when you're in the position that the Raiders are in. Exactly. And that's what you have to, you have to pay a premium to get a bona fide starter. And that, that's what they need. They need starters, not only that, a plus starter. And like you said, you're not getting the top, top tier, even though he made several all pro teams. I think he was your second team. Second all pro. team. Yeah. He was, he was my first off. Like basically he would be, so if I had a third team, he was on my third team all pro. Uh, but fantastic year. And that's the thing when he was with the Giants, even the, with Graham being more of a cover two heavy guy there. He still is useful because he's such a smart and aware player that that it, he's scheme proof. You don't want him living maybe in man coverage every snap, but in a zone heavy scheme, he's a good, good player. So I love that fit, and they just need dudes. They really, really need dudes on that defense. The guy who could get paid even more than James Bradbury in free agency this year and likely will based on his age and how well he's played the last couple seasons is Jamel Dean. Yeah. So I a couple that I would throw out for him. I'm curious what you think about this. We talked about Dallas's need for another outside corner last year or yesterday when we we're talking about Jalen Ramsey. They and typically last year don't. Or the year before. <laughs> well, they just typically don't wade into outside free agency in that they way. Don't. So that that would be a little bit surprising. The other one that a division used to him has a need there has a ton of money to spend would be Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Put him with Terrell. Oh yeah. yeah. I love that, actually. And they have the money to spend on that. I love that. Um, that one makes, of all these that we said, that one makes a ton of sense. And that would be, they would have one of the best one-two pairings in the league. I mean, easily. That's awesome. I like that one a lot. Yeah, with, especially with AJ Terrell. I'd, I'd plop any quarter in there and you're going to get a boost effect because they can just be the number two. I know we talked about them the other day. We were talking about how many true number one corners are there, true lockdown guys. And, of course, we had, you know, Sertan's going to be one of those and Sauce. 
let's not forget about Terrell. <laughs> He's, he, he has that potential too. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting for the corner group, but I really like that pairing. Uh, yeah, that's a sweet one. Casey Hayward is there. He has a $7 million cap at this year. He's making $5 million bucks. He's 34 yeah, years old. I, I yeah. don't know if that precludes you from going out and getting somebody no. in that spot. And they have, and they have money to spend. The other one that Jonathan Jones is, has been a useful player on the inside. He showed he can play a little bit outside this year. I wonder where he lands. One team that jumped out to me a little bit, just because I, I don't know how their inside outside corner situation is going to work out. You know, they're probably going to lose Marcus Peters in free agency. They just traded Chuck Clark today to the Jets. So mm. those roles within their defense, I think, might be shifting a little bit. Is Baltimore yeah. for for Jonathan Jones? I mean, because he if in nickel packages, do you can he can play inside when. You're, when you have two corners on the field, does he pop outside? Brandon Stevens comes off the field. So that, that one just made a little bit of sense to me. Who, who knows where he actually ends up, but that one jumped out. Is that a Giants one too? Because all the man they play? That might be interesting maybe. as well. Yeah, yeah maybe. No, I know. That's, well, they, I haven't really thought. J- Jonathan Jones should call JC Jackson and say, hey, you owe me half your contract because I'm not going to get paid <laughs> like I, you did. Uh, that anything time to sign up Patriots Corner, we've already talked about it several times, is that you get a little scared. But I think that's going to actually make the price for him more fair to what he actually should get um, as opposed to overpaying for him. But any man-heavy scheme, I, I, I like him because it would just translate to maybe I'm not creative enough to see it. Um the Ravens found their way in what defense is called. They call it in the second half of the year, especially. So that does help for him. Because uh, actually, this Patriots team last year was running more quarters. They're yeah. running more too high and covered two. So it's a little more easy. It's a little easier to translate his game in different defensive schemes than usually coming from the Patriots. We talked about some of these other guys at that spot, and I. Again, a lot of teams, I think, just could use a stopgap starter. But Cam Sutton is on that list. Mm-hmm. Rocky Sin is on that list. We'll see what happens with Marcus Peters. These guys you could potentially sign to deals between like seven and ten million dollars a year. Yeah. Where it's just like, I just need a capable starting cornerback. And I think that there are several of those guys available in this group. Yeah. Especially if you already have a dude, like and you're or you're a contender and you're just like, hey, we just need to shore this up and we'll get another like you said, stopgap. Plus it's like plus Scott stopgap, if that makes sense. It's like not stopgap where we're just getting replacement level player, but like an actual good player that but we're gonna get through the year with him. But also on top of it, he's actually gonna provide good play. I mean, this is what the Eagles did with their whole defense, it felt like last year, getting all these kind of guys, especially with a guy like Bradbury. So I mean, do I the think Seahawks the, go get another outside outside corner that's capable of starting. Yeah. What do the Vikings do at corner? Right. Because Duke Shelley is a free agent. Patrick Peterson is a free agent. Do they not want to spend? Are they looking for somebody who can just kind of eat snaps there? Is this how the Lions piecemeal their DBs together? Do they find a guy like this? You know, one one or two guys like this? That's another another spot, too. The Bears have an endless amount of money <laughs> and a need at corner. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're worth mentioning any of these conversations. Those are the teams that probably jump out the quickest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bengals, uh, you assume Cam Dolphins Taylor Britt steps Dolphins in there now, for a woozy. Right? The Dolphins are another team. Because of Jones, So right? Yes, because no Byron Jones. And so the Dolphins were the other one. was like, a, what kind of splash or what kind of move do they make at corner? Yeah. And do they use whatever available money they have to kind of shore up that spot? Because they're fine up front. Mm-hmm. You know, the offense, they, they've spent taking their swings on that a side lot. of the ball. So <laughs> yeah. is corner another spot? And what kind of corner with Fangio right. there? I didn't have a, a fit for them just because I – I don't know what they're looking for. I don't know which guys necessarily fit yeah. the best there, but they were the other team that jumped out for sure. And he kind of always figures out how to use a guy. So that, that's yeah. what's tough. Good, good coaches are actually hard to find guys for because you're like, oh, they can make this guy work. It's like an offensive lineman with Skarnecchia back in the day. 
It's like he had <laughs> Iowa Misfit toys, but he always made work. Fangio could do that with DBs. They have 727,000. They're, they're over the they, cap right now, but that's before the stuff, Byron right? Jones thing happens. Yeah. So if they make him a post-June 1st cut, it saves them $13.6 million. They, they have enough wiggle room. Yeah. And there are other ways that they can save a little bit of money here and there. Uh, they already uh, restructured Bradley Chubb's contract. We'll see if they try to extend Christian Wilkins. Just a bunch of different things, hopefully, for them. So that would be the one spot, one position where I'm interested in what they want to do. I like that. Okay, I go with uh, another Dolphins pairing, kind of just real it. quick. Other Dolphins pairing is feels like this has been like ten years in a row they've needed this, but running back, and I went with Miles Sanders. Uh, this is a same thing. I think they could find a way to pay him. This, I think the I loved our running back discussion from a couple days ago uh, and talking about how the market might be a little suppressed because there's actually a lot of interesting names and the class is pretty good and the top guys got tagged. So what Sanders is, he's a he's better out of the shotgun, which helped a lot when being with the Eagles. Um, pass protection has always been an issue for him. But guess what? They run a lot of RPOs. Don't really need you. It's great. That's a great way to nullify bad pass protecting backs is just run RPOs because they don't have to worry about it. Um, but I think in a gun run scheme, he's improved running on the inside. He was another guy who was one of my, not just statistically, but as an actual player in the process of how he was a, as a running back has improved tremendously. He's, you know, staying in between the tackles. He's become more patient. He used to just try and bounce everything. Uh, interesting run scheme they had. And I think he would just kind of fit in any type of run scheme. Why not get him with a Shanahan type? The Dolphins did run a little bit of everything. So I think that helps. Hey, we're going to try this this time. He plays a lot of games. I like that fit. I think that's a one good spot for him where it makes sense for both parties. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. It's just hard to find that many teams that have like a glaring need at running back that where right. they haven't, they've either like Atlanta, for example, right? Algier pops last year. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, we can ride with these guys. We got plenty. Uh, the Bucks, if they have Rashad White. I don't think they want to spend more money at running back. They have no money to spend. Okay. Right. So many of these other teams, Christian McCaffrey, Kenneth Walker, guys they've invested in. The Packers don't need a running back. We'll see what happens with the Vikings, but. It's I one mean, spot the Bears are good at. Like I mean, it's, 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 there aren't that many spots. Which is like, oh, yeah, no. this team could definitely use one. I will be interested to see what the Chargers do at that spot. Do mm-hmm. they have an innings eater that they want to go get based they on – after having struck out with Spiller and Josh Kelly and all of those guys that they had, they – we talked about them not restructuring deals like Keenan Allen's deal because they didn't want to keep pushing f- future money into future years. They did it. They so did that, it. That, that's how they ended up freeing up some of that money. So I think they're going to try to add a couple pieces here and there yeah. after doing that, and we'll see what ends up happening. But they're a team that I think because they have Austin Eckler, it doesn't jump out at you, but I think they could use somebody with a little bit of a different body type and with a little just, bit of pop at that spot. Just somebody to help him out. Uh, poor Austin. I mean, he's just like, uh, tries his ass off in pass protection. He's great at it. And it's just like, but you could tell he's just exhausted. He was, when, the, when Williams and Keenan Allen were out, he was getting, what, 15 targets a game, it felt like. They're, like their, their third down passing attack was choice routes to Austin Eckler. Like, that was their passing attack for, like, six weeks. I, I can't believe he held up. Like, he really, like, <laughs> for his size, it's like that many touches and that much of a beating. He's just somebody give him help. Somebody. So, I, I, I really like that one. That's an interesting, that really is an interesting one. They've probably benefited the most from maybe finding a nice kind of middle tier guy that they don't have to splurge on. So, yeah, I, I, that's a great call as far as with the Chargers because they need with, help there. They need oh, help so much depth too. in this class. Yeah. So, if the Chargers, I mean, I'm trying, like, random names throughout there, like Damian Harris. 
right? If they yes. the Chargers get Damian Harris for one year and four million, whatever that ends up looking like, just a player right. like that. There are a lot of those guys available if you don't want to wait for the draft. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> And it's yeah, and you got proof of concept. Like yeah, I actually have seen these guys play. Oh man, Jamal Williams actually would be pretty sweet. With so them. just somebody like that, like yeah, a, a no, guy, that, guys yeah. in that range, and there are plenty of them. All right, let's stick near the top of this group here. Orlando Brown. Okay. I I struggled to come up with a spot for this because again, there aren't that many teams that have a lot of money to throw around and a glaring need at left tackle. Easy to say the Bears. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see what they end up doing with Braxton Jones at that spot if they want to roll with him again. But other than that, there just aren't that many teams with a huge hole at that spot. The Bucks have one, but they just cut their expensive left tackle. They don't have any money to spend. It's the same tier okay? player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so many other teams have kind of committed to a player at that spot, either with a high draft pick or a, you know a decent second contract. So the team I – two, I think, options that – potentially could make sense based on how much wiggle room they'd have financially in the need there. First was New England. Yes. Okay. So makes a lot of sense actually. If they move Trent Brown back to right tackle, they would have a need at left tackle. Just the type of player that isn't often available in free agency, a really useful guy at that spot. And then the other one that jumped out to me was potentially Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. They could free up a decent amount of money pretty fast. And I think that would kind of be a stabilizing force for what they've Mm -hmm. been looking for on the left side for a couple of years now. Yeah, the the Patriots one is interesting. Um, can talk myself more into this one. Uh, Bill Belichick has a history with Orlando Brown's dad. He coached him in Cleveland in the '90s, uh, which I think is really cool. There's a, there's a cool clip, by the way, uh, if anyone wants. Uh, Bill Belichick talking about Orlando Brown buying like his first suit because he couldn't fit in a suit <laughs> before, and Belichick hooked him up with a tailor. So it's pretty. It's someone Twitter search, search for it, and you'll find it. Um, they can pay him decently. They have a huge need. Kind of actually a lot of stars aligned for that that kind of fit, so I actually don't hate that one. But doing the thought exercise with you in the pre-show, really, there's not a lot of left tackle seats. Like there's just not when you really break it down because other teams are either invested in it or they're yeah they're committed to someone developing there. So that's why we can kind of narrow this down. But I do like the Patriots there. Um, that that one would make sense for me at least in a lot of ways, narrative way, <laughs> narrative wise as well. The Steelers right now don't have a ton of salary cap space, but they move out from William Jackson, $12 million, $8 million from Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, they can get to $20, $30 million in cap space pretty quickly. So it would not be hard for them to fit in Orlando Brown if they wanted to end up doing that. We'll see. Right. Can I talk about the guy that – speaking of Patriots tackles, uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with one fit. And Bengals fans, do you guys – I know you guys love injured offense alignment, so let's keep it going. I'm going to go with Isaiah Wynn. Uh, going to the Bengals, I think this is a great buy low candidate. We just talked about not only either invested in tackles, but if you can spend that much money for Orlando Brown, this Isaiah Wynn has never been like a Pro Bowl caliber tackle, but he's had flashes of good play. I would say more he's in that above average tier, but he's been hurt a ton. He's missed over 20 games in his career so far. But a, I think this is a viable buy low candidate. It makes sense for the Bengals timeline, um, you know, because – so in this Pricing. situation, are they moving on from Lyle Collins? Yes. Okay. And or just fair, yeah. They, they have to. And, but the thing is, they would just give them in my brain canon. They'd be giving them the same deal as Lyle Collins last year, which is like a two, three year deal, seven, eight mil a year that they can get out of. Bunch of playing time bonuses. So if you are healthy, then we give you incentive for that. But honestly, that's like the exact same contract I would give him. Um, I just, 
I think you get good coaching again. He's a guy that did regress uh, away from Skarnecchia. A lot of guys do away from Dante Skarnecchia. And, but you go to Frank Pollock, who is a fantastic offensive line coach and has done a lot more with a lot less uh, with that Bengals offensive line the last couple of years. I, I've said this before. There's a lot of time that Bengals offensive line didn't lose mentally. They would lose physically because of talent level. And Isaiah Wynn is talented. Uh, again, he's not the best lineman in the world, but he's solid. And again, that, that the Bengals have to shore up that position. I think this would make sense to me, even if even if he does have the injury history that I'm sure Bengals fans are tired of with their offensive line. What they end up doing at those spots if they move on from Collins, like with Jonah Williams is going to be a free agent here soon. Yeah, you know, if they feel like they need to kind of reshuffle that, even after reshuffling it last year, Jonah <laughs> right. Williams is a free agent after this season. So what they what their plan is along the offensive line is like again, just like a sneaky thing about the Bengals offseason that I can't quite figure out. They have all it's, this money, yeah, but they have a lot of guys hitting free agency. So it just how would they try to reshape this team in one of the last years where yes. the young guys and the yes. good guys are cheap? It's just yeah. something I keep coming back to over and over again when I start thinking about this offseason. It's there's such it's because it's not a team you think about in free agency, and no. so and, and they're not. And we, I mean, we should we now value what they did a couple of years ago and who they signed and pieced together that defense. But that's the thing: the price is going up for those players, so their plan is going to be apparent. You know how they feel about this year and what they want to commit to this year, and you know what they have to do with the following years when all those guys they have to pay. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. You had one more, right? One more receiver you wanted to talk about? I do have one more receiver. And that is, again, this is if Lamar Jackson returns to Baltimore. But that is Alan Lazard to the Ravens. Um, I think Alan Lazard is actually going to have a decent market out there because he's a useful player. He's not going to be a star, even though the Packers try to convince all of us that he's their number one guy last year. He is a super number three. Uh, But if he's your number three, you have a good offense. For the Ravens, he'd be your number two or quasi number one with Rashad Bateman being healthy in theory. Um, but I you think Mark I, Andrews there. I mean, he's like, no, that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. But if you have a Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews and Alan Lazard, I love that synergy. Um, Bateman having a little more speed. Alan Lazard is the short intermediate guy. And Mark Andrews does the intermediate guy as well. I really like that. He's valuable on third down. He has been one of the most productive players on third and fourth down as part of for his first downs per route. He's a fantastic blocker. No matter what uh, Greg Roman might not be there anymore. Whatever offense is in with Lamar, I'm assuming Lamar is going to be there. They're going to be run heavy. It's just by necessity. He provides value with that, can dictate personnel. Now you don't have to have Patrick Ricard on the field and still run the ball. Um, there is he. He's just a valuable player, and he has size. He gives you kind of that size at receiver that Lamar has never played with. Um, Mark Andrews is a tight end, but I'm just talking about outside receiver. But I just like it. He's a useful player. I think this one would match a lot. Uh, match a lot jesus nice good english nate uh but this is really just a guy that i just think would match as far as play style what skill set that he brings and what they need as far as size and usefulness at a position that they haven't had a lot of useful players at all right those are all the guys we got nailed it we ran through like 15 guys we said we were gonna do 10 of course we didn't do 10 uh we are going to do again 
talk about just the guys we think can be available at a little bit of a discount compared to some of the bigger name guys in free agency. We're going to discuss that on Monday. So please be on the lookout for that. And like I said at the beginning of the show, live free agency recaps every day on our YouTube channel. They'll also be available as podcasts very quickly after those shows are done. But if you want to come hang out with us as free agency is rolling next week, we're going to start those up on Monday. Plan is 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel. I will be tweeting them out. We'll be reminding you guys. So no worries. But be on the lookout for that because it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So that's all we got for now. Please check out the Football GM with Mike Sando and Randy Mueller. They were back on Thursday. Excited to have those guys back in the rotation. We will be back on Monday with our next free agency preview show. Follow very quickly by our first free agency wrap-up show. In the meantime, appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.